welcome to One Size Does Not Fit All with Well Life Tribe. We're sponsored by Renourish. Renourish are delicious grab-and-go fresh soups in a pioneering, heatable, fully recyclable bottle. Renourish soups are plant-based, gluten-free, dairy-free and packed with vitamins. Find them in all Waitrose stores. Hi, it's Liberty from the Well Life Tribe. Welcome to our podcast, One Size Does Not Fit All. I'm here today with Kat. Hi, Kat. Hi, how are you? I'm okay, thank you. Still in lockdown. Yeah, I know. I feel like I haven't seen you for ages, although I'm actually <laughs> speaking to you every day at the moment, so it doesn't feel that <laughs> <laughs> I keep seeing panel members and friends and everybody on social media, and I thought it was a quite poignant when I saw a friend of ours and an ex-podcast guest Jenny Pink who works for the NHS and it made me think we should dedicate today to um, the NHS who are doing such incredible stuff Jenny I saw has just sent off her younger two children who are staying with their dad for a while while she is working in um, A&E yeah and we've got tons of amazing panel members haven't we who are working for the NHS yeah and uh, it just reminded me of not only what they face on the front line, but what they, you know, they're coming home often to an empty house just to keep their family safe and, and the public safe. So that really struck a chord with me. So this is just to say that we are incredibly proud of you, as hopefully they already know. Yeah. And, um, I mean, we're so lucky that we know these people um, as well. And I just think, um, you know, we love Jenny. Jenny is amazing. But again, to the rest of the panel members who've had to go out there, we've got doctors on there, we've got nurses on there. We're, you know, we're very lucky to know these people and we're very lucky that they're doing all of this for us. Yeah, so thank you. They're saving our lives again, Kat. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so today, what are we talking about today, Liberty? We've had loads of questions because of this current crazy situation about money. It's something that everybody is usually quite scared to talk about and we're very lucky to have a special guest in talking to us today. We've got Lily Cantor with us today. Hi Lily. Hello. Hi there. Hi Lily, how are you? I'm all right, yeah, okay. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on here to talk to us about the fearful subject that is finance yeah yeah it, it is a scary subject for a lot of people but hopefully we'll be able to guide them through lots of different options at the moment because there is so much sort of stuff for people to wade through at the moment lily what's your job title before we start because you are very very clever and very <laughs> well informed I, I just, you've given us a bit of info on you and you are pretty mind-blowing what's your what do you do well, I suppose, I mean, I, I do wear various hats, but my main occupation is a money journalist. So I write about all things, personal finance and consumer issues for a sort of range of magazines and publications in the UK. So I write a lot for Moneywise magazine and um, The Sun Money Online. Also done stuff for The Guardian, Telegraph times uh write for the love money website as well so yeah anything to do with money in terms of people's kind of day-to-day -day income outgoings is generally what i write about how did you get into that 
Um, oh, do you want the long version or the short version? The medium version. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I started out in journalism just as a regional reporter on sort of local papers back in my 20s and worked for various different local daily, weekly papers. Then I had a little bit of a career change for a bit and went and worked in academia and did a PhD. And then I kind of got back into journalism on my second maternity leave, just wanted to start writing again. And I've just always been interested in consumer affairs and money. I'm really tight, so... (laughs) I'm well known for that. You're the person I go to the bar with. Yeah, yeah, well, quite. I'll wait until someone buys me a drink. Um, (laughs) But, um, yeah, so I've always kind of known how to, I guess, save money in particular. And I enjoy sort of kind of writing about that and sharing that experience. So I decided to do a bit of freelance work. I just started writing about money because that's kind of what I was familiar with. And that's what I started pitching ideas around. And I kind of just built up contacts from that, really. So it just really came out of my own interest and my background in journalism, put the two together. And, you know, sort of four years later, really, that's kind of my main income stream now, writing about money. So, yeah. That would have freaked me out because in my early 20s, I was terrible with money to the point I remember like going to the cash point and just sticking the card in the water to see if it would actually give me any money. <laughs> so I'm sort of the opposite to you, I think, in that kind of way. Um, I've got yeah. over my fear and I've changed my mindset towards money as I've got older, but I had a terrible, terrible mindset with money when I was younger. I know that for sure. See, I've always, I've always budgeted. Like even when I was a student, I budgeted. I knew exactly how much money I had, how much I had to spend each week, and always, you know, made sure I, I stuck to my budget really. And even when I loaned money, I had a plan for how I was going to pay it back. And yeah, I've just always been like that. I don't know where it comes from, but my son, who is my eldest son, who's seven, is exactly the same. <laughs> oh my god I was just gonna say it's a great thing to pass on to kids my kids think it grows on trees can I get this can I get this can I get this and, I, and trying to teach them you know they get tons of stuff at Christmas obviously as Christmas presents so then they think that they can just have whatever they want kind of the rest of the year and then trying to make them understand that we've got these go Henry things now these little credit cards where they have to do chores oh, yeah. and then they, yeah but still trying to get them into a mindset which your kids are just going to have it's going to be well, an innate kind of yeah my eldest I mean he's like me it's quite it's a bit embarrassing really like honest to god for his seventh birthday he got a savings account that's all he wanted <laughs> he actually asked for a savings account yeah. yes he wanted to, he wanted his money to grow and he when I explained I'd explained the concept of interest to him and mentioned that children's savings accounts had some of the best interest rates and he was like I want one of those and I want to put all my pocket money in it oh my god and he won't spend any money he will not even spend like 50p on (laughs) anything he's like no no I'm not spending it well that is uh, I think you need to do an online class for all children but he will be you know by the time he's 18 he'll have you know a load of money in the bank so yeah, right. Around to his house. <laughs> He's not generous either. You know, he wouldn't even share like a 
a grape with me. So there's no way. There's no way he's helping me with money at any point. He's learned that off you though, isn't it? In terms of it's good that he's learned that, you know, about savings and stuff. Yeah. And I I think his younger brother, he's not so bothered. He's he's more about sharing and doesn't doesn't really care, doesn't really want money. So yeah. I think it's just their characters really. But yeah, I've always tried to teach about money and well, my four year old doesn't have pocket money yet, but I think the other my eldest I think he had pocket money from about the age of five because he got it and he he wanted to sort of understand it so yeah we kind of embraced that yeah that's That's good yeah so going on to the current climate at the moment um it's obviously shaken a lot of people and we've had quite a lot of questions from people who listen to this podcast who they were fearful a little bit about money before but they seem to be uh, this situation has kind of forced them to really look at everything now, whereas I think potentially people were kind of just letting it just go on and on. But um, yeah. you know, this situation has put the brakes on a lot of things at the moment. So, you know, just putting some of the questions out there, a lot of people are worried about mortgages and stuff. And I know there's a, you know, the three month break that's been offered. But yeah. um, the thing about that is at the moment we've been told we're in this till June. I think, you know, in terms of trying to sort of, I don't know, save or whatever, what advice have you got for people? Um, the starting point really is kind of working out where you're at in terms of your income and your outgoing. So it's actually sitting down and saying, right, exactly what have I got coming in or what do I know that I've got coming in at the moment and what potentially might come in you know if I am eligible for any grants or or any funds from the government and then what are my outgoings and I think at the moment there's a lot of ways people can save money because we're not going out and doing anything Mm. Um, so I think it's being savvy about um, kind of saving as well it's kind of finding that balance between what have I got coming in, where can I get extra funds from, what you know, what am I eligible for, and where can I save money, and kind of putting that together. And I do think it's keeping a very kind of close eye on your your bank balance. There's a lot of apps that help you now with that, and I've noticed even the high street banks, you know, have all these. Um, ways of visualizing your spending now so i bank with natwest and they've finally cottoned on to the fact that they need to be doing similar things to what the challenger banks like monzo are doing so you can see what you're spending your money on so you're spending x amount of money on food this amount of money on entertainment whatever it might be it's just getting a sense of what do you spend money on where Mm. can you cut it back and what extra money can you get coming in? I think that's got to be your starting point, really. Yeah, I think quite a lot of people don't realise that they, for instance, you start with the small stuff, um, you know, like people press apps all the time that they're paying for, don't they? And they press, I don't know, so many of these small memberships left, right and centre. And I think, you know, because a lot of it is recurring payment, people forget that they're doing that, don't they? Yeah, I mean, I recently did a story about that um about a guy who was spending about a thousand pounds a year on subscriptions that he just didn't use because he just signed up to all these free trials and then forgotten about them or thought oh I'll use it at some point 
oh, if I've got it, it might motivate me to use it, and then just never did, and was just kind of wasting all this money, you know, so he's kind of gone through and, and cancelled all of those. But yeah, like now is the time to be going through all of those subscriptions. Uh, one thing I always kind of say to people is, you know, think about your TV subscriptions, because these days, you can end up with, you know, you pay your TV license, you might be paying for Netflix, Amazon Prime, Disney Plus now. Your Sky. You know, your Sky. You know, do you need all of those? Do you need a TV license? If you're not using iPlayer and you're not using, I mean, whoever turns on normal telly now, mine doesn't even work. We, we only noticed the other day, we tried to put... <laughs> You know, terrestrial telly on, and we we're like, "Oh, there's no signal. There's something wrong with the aerial. How long it's have you been like that? It doesn't work. <laughs> right. We never use it, but we do use iPlayer. So we, you know, we need a TV license. But I, d I do think now's the time to think. Right, actually, can I cope with just one of these services? And can I, you know, can I cancel? Or, or how long have I got until my subscription runs out? That's a good one to look at. Bills, you know, your your fuel bills. When do they run out? Can you switch? The other one I find is people spend a stupid amount of money on their phones. You know, I had a conversation with my friends the other night about this. I said, I can't call anyone stupid. <laughs> I've done it already. <laughs> but people do spend a silly amount of money on their phones for, you know, they get these automatic upgrades every year or two when they've got a perfectly good phone. Yeah. And they're paying all this money for a contract that is not giving them anything more than a contract for a third of the price. So, you know, it's looking at when everything renews, how can I cut back on that? So I, I, I write cash clinic for the Sun Money Online. Yeah. And there was a lady recently I was helping who, she was spending like nearly £55 a month on her phone. And we managed to get it down to 15 you Oh know? my word. And... <clears throat> It was just because it had rolled over year after year after year and she'd kind of just, you know, yeah, let it roll over, over and yeah. got the latest upgrade. But actually, if you go SIM card only, if you've got a decent phone, go SIM card only, you can get a good deal for 10, 15 quid a month. Um, I mean, my phone screen smashed pieces, but it still works. Yeah. So, you know, I've, I'm on a, a SIM only deal. I pay £13 a month. So things like that you can look at. It's the psychology um, behind that, though, isn't it? People, it's like a fashion item almost, a phone, isn't yeah. it? And people are like, I must have, I must have the next one. But actually, we're being very badly conned with all this stuff, I feel. Yeah, so, yeah. So. yeah. Do you also and think that there's a confidence thing, Lily, where people think, well, that's the price they've said I've got to pay, so I shouldn't... People are scared to challenge financial yeah. uh, rules, I guess. I, they just sort of think, well, I don't really want to rock the boat. Maybe it's a bit of a, a culture thing that people don't want to challenge. Told That's the price and that's the price. I know uh, people from other countries, friends I've got are like, well, you, you know, you should barter for that. Why would you accept that price? Ask for something better. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God. I remember when my car broke down and a really good friend of mine said to me, well, don't accept that. And she's a single mum, and uh, she's spent her whole life kind of sticking up, she's sticking up for herself and for her kids. And, and she was like, I I'm going to drive you to the garage now, and I'm going to tell them that you're not going to pay that. And I was like, good, because I'm not, not going to say that. I'm not going in there. I'm not going to say it. She was like, you bloody well are. I'm, I'm taking you in with me, and I want you to, I'll say it if you want me to, but I want you. And I was just like, oh, my God. But she was right. And I did, yeah. and I did go home and think, 
maybe I should actually say it was a problem with the car which was a very new car and it had been bought new and my husband was away and something went wrong with it and he was just like you're gonna have to sort it out on your own and, and they did they took they took the mickey really yeah. and she yeah. was right but if I hadn't challenged it it would have been yeah. a ridiculous result yeah and I think particularly if it's something like that <clears throat> like cars where you don't really know where you're being ripped off or not it, it is more difficult to challenge and I guess I always go in with the attitude of I'm probably being ripped off so um <laughs> let's see let's see how much I can bargain here I mean it depends it does depend I do find local businesses tend to be a lot better and I will you know I'll go to the local garage rather than you know my I have a Skoda car because it's cheap to run I wouldn't go to the Skoda ga garage but I would go to my local garage because I know they will do me a much better deal and so yeah I think I think there is a lack of confidence and it's that whole British kind of politeness mm. of not wanting like you say to rock the boat or to be rude and you don't have to be rude but Particularly if you've been a loyal customer. I mean, loyalty, you get nothing for loyalty these days. You get it's more for the number around. Most of the time, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. So I think you've got to kind of push back. And quite often, if you just ring up, say, your, your phone provider and just say, look, this deal doesn't work for me or I can't afford to pay this anymore, what are my options? There will be loads of things that are not there when you look on their website that they will do for you. You know, I, I do that with my phone company I, every year when they try and hike up my bill. I go back and say, look, I just want exactly what I've got and I don't want to pay any more. Ideally, I'd like to pay less. And they work, they work something out. So I do tend to end up paying less and less and less. I cancelled my, my TV subscription to, um, you know, the guy. And, um, <laughs> but within five minutes, they were coming back to me and they'd scratched it by 60%. You know, they were like, yeah, no, come back in, come back in. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't always work. I have tried it with my broadband provider and told them that I think they're charging me too much and I'm going to leave. And they've gone, okay then. And, I've, and then I've gone, <laughs> oh, I can't be bothered leaving. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> too much hassle. I think that's the one time I've thought, okay, I can't be bothered and you and it is it's that kind and I think that happens a lot that people think oh it's too much hassle or it's too much time to sort out but I think now that it's come a point where well actually time converts into money if you can put the time in to sort it out yeah. then you know you can make big savings by doing that so it, it's it's worth worth the hassle really so Lily um we were talking to um, someone this morning who was saying that they have a holiday booked later on this summer. And uh, with everything being so, I mean, the future is unknown at the moment. Um, what kind of things should we be doing if we have something that big planned? Um, what are our chances of covering ourselves on that? Does it depend on an individual basis, basically? Yeah, it's, it's really difficult. So I've got a Five, I'm going to be going on a five-week road trip this summer oh. around the UK in a motorhome with my kids. And I think I'm going to be sick of my kids by the time the summer comes around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but anyway, so I, yeah, I know, I understand where that person's coming from. Um, oh gosh, it's so hard. Um, and it, there's so many different variables. 
So it just depends. So there's travel insurance, but it depends, A, if you've got any, and B, when you took it out, because there came a point where in travel insurance stopped covering for coronavirus cancellations. And that was, it was a few weeks back, because I remember trying to buy some and I, I managed to get some travel insurance, but it wouldn't cover coronavirus cancellation. So it does depend on that, on whether you can kind of cancel and get anything back. If people have got flights booked, I mean, flights now are getting cancelled. Uh, it may just be a case of just wait and see for a little bit because the companies are sort of cancelling them one by one. Um, and if they do cancel them, then you'll have a number of different options. So a lot of them are saying you can transfer to new dates, but that's tricky because you don't know when you might be able to go. Um, right. Some are offering vouchers. But the problem with vouchers is if that airline goes bust, then you're not going to be able to use those vouchers, so you'll lose that money. So I would really say to people, my advice would be get a refund because everything is so uncertain at the moment. Your best bet is to try and get a refund. And if it's an EU flight, then you are entitled to a refund, but you might have to fight for it because the airlines are notorious for not actually following the rules. So... I think, though, a lot of them are being very, you know, very accommodating. And I have heard a lot of people who've just got their money back, no problem. But it does depend on the company. Accommodation is different again. But what I'm hearing is that most, like Airbnb or, or hotels and things, are saying, we'll transfer you to a different date, but you don't have to book those dates now. So we'll kind of honour your holiday and you can use it at, at a later date. Because they want your business at the end of the day. They want you to come back. Um, yeah so really the main thing is if you think it's going to be cancelled or it has been cancelled then get in contact with your accommodation your your airlines your car hire whatever see what they're offering and if it's further down the line then it's either a case of kind of wait and see what happens um check your travel insurance you know what is in the fine print or see if you can cancel now and get a full refund and, and have a rethink. Because, you know, you might want that money. That's the other thing. If you can get a full refund, that money might come in handy over the next couple of months if you're not, you know, earning yeah. as much money. I think, though, if you yeah. put a deposit down, isn't that the case that you can just, you're only, you can only transfer the date, can you? Or can you get deposits back? It really, really varies. It depends on the terms. So I know my booking I put a deposit down for this motorhome and at the very last minute I paid extra for flexible booking and I don't know why because normally I'm too tight to do that <laughs> but <laughs> I did and that now means I can get a full refund or I can change the date so it's really a case of just looking at you know what the policy is what the conditions are it, it will it varies so much um so yeah, you have to. Everyone has to do a bit of research, really. But that, I mean, there's loads of good websites like MoneySavingExpert.com. They've got loads of really good information on there, worth having a look and like seeing what your options are. Yeah, because you might have options. That's the thing. I think people think that's all gone down the toilet, but actually, yeah. it, that doesn't mean it's gone down the toilet, does it? No, no. I mean, I've got a, a holiday in inverted commas um, booked for. May, so I was meant to be running an ultra marathon in Romania. At the as end you do, Lily. As, as you do. do. What's an ultra marathon? 
Oh my um, God. An ultra marathon is anything over a marathon, basically. Why um, would you go for a marathon? <laughs> so this was a um, hundred kilometers, which is what, about 60 miles, 62 miles, I think, over two days. Um, oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, in, in Transylvania. So I had that all booked. And they're saying that basically we can either get a 50% refund or they'll automatically transfer it over to next year. Um, I was going on that one day, I'd say keep it. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so that, that was the accommodation and the food and everything uh, and the race. So that's transferred. But now I'm trying to work out what's happening with the flights because they've not cancelled them yet. But I think they're going to have to. So Rewind. How did you become an ultra marathon runner? Come on. <laughs> it's not just a thing you do. <laughs> uh, it's, it's all part of my midlife crisis. So when was it? Did you watch a lot of Forrest Gump movies? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I've always run on and off. And then I suppose last year, yeah, last year I basically, I used to have like long blonde hair and I had it all shaved off. I went really, really short and started running like more and more and more. And I joined a triathlon club. Um, yeah, I went a bit mad last year. And I did a few broken ultras, like ultras over a couple of days. And yeah, just started doing more and more races, really. I had signed up for a half Ironman. That's been cancelled now as well. But I decided that actually I really hate cycling. <laughs> <laughs> so I was, so I do not marathon instead. So I didn't feel like a failure for not doing a half Ironman. I would do. Um, oh my word! Do you, does it? Do you find it relaxing? Is that your switch off? How yeah. running? Thing. Yeah, 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 definitely. That seems like such a long way to run. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've done the most I've done is fifty-six kilometers in twenty-four hours, and that was all right. Um, <laughs> It's fine. The, the thing is with ultra marathons is you get to stop and eat. And that's what I like about it. You just run a bit, <laughs> you stop and eat, and then you run some more, and then you stop and eat, and you just repeat that. Whereas <laughs> a normal marathon, it's like hardcore. You go at it for three or four hours until you get to the end, and that is hard. But an ultra marathon is much more relaxed. Well, how long can um, you eat for, though? Well, until the cutoff. I mean, it depends what kind of event you're doing. I did one that I am, were, I ended up doing 30 miles and it was just loops. It was like three mile loops. And so every loop, every three miles, I stopped and ate. And then when I felt like going again, I, I went again. And I, so I did that for like six hours. Oh, okay. So that was wow. quite Oh my God, it doesn't sound relaxing to me. <laughs> Um, going back to the money talk for a minute um we've had a couple of questions about um like supporting businesses and people who are self-employed i mean they're just really asking i don't even know if you can answer this but you know like you know how long do you think the government can pay out to support businesses because they don't feel like you know the situation right now isn't really going to be solved in the next three months and i guess people are slightly worried about what happens after that then yeah i mean yeah my my husband runs his own business so you know he's he makes furniture um so he's like eyeing up everything at the moment and 
I mean, the thing is, at the moment, the government does seem to be throwing money at this, and they are a government which is about the economy and business. So I think they are doing pretty much everything they can, and they're adapting all the time. They're not really ruling anything out. So, you know, we, we saw initially there was the job retention scheme, so employees you know, the government's saying they're going to pay up to 80% of their wages. And then we found out they were rolling that out to self-employed um, people as well. They've announced grants for businesses, business rate holidays. So they're, and they keep announcing more and more things. So, I, I mean, I'm pretty optimistic, really, that they do seem to be responsive to the fact that a lot of people run their own businesses or are self-employed and that they need to be supported as well. And I think even if you get a grant, you know, if you're still able to work, you're still eligible for the grant. So, you know, there's, there is a lot of good support out there. And I, I think there's been a lot of stuff circulating on social media, people saying, I'm not eligible for this, or you can't get this if you don't own your premises. And a lot of it is just not true. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, there are people that are falling through the gap, so like startup businesses that haven't been taking a salary. Yeah. Um, I think that's the big concern at the moment. But again, I think the government is listening. It seems to be so far, and it has been responding for various different schemes. So I think, you know, people are worried. They just need to be vocal about it, get in contact with their local MP and, and let them know if they think they are falling through the cracks and you know putting that pressure on the government to come up with options if people feel they don't have anything um is there a good place to go to for information online that you can think of off the top of your head yeah i mean gov.uk which is just the basic government website they've got a load of stuff on business on there and on all the different schemes that are available and like I mentioned earlier, moneysavingexpert.com has also got information on there. Um, and there's, you know, there's other kinds of financial help. We mentioned the mortgage holiday, but some providers are also offering lower payments. So they might, you know, you might not want a complete holiday, but you might reduce your monthly payments. Um, some are offering that. Um, loan and credit cards are doing holidays as well. Also, another thing I've, I've found early today is that if people have got money saved in fixed rate savings account that you normally can't access, they're now saying, you know, you can access that money. Uh, energy companies are helping mobile. I, I've been like given extra data, which I really don't understand because I'm stuck at home using my Wi-Fi. So why do I need more data on my phone? I don't really get that. But phone companies are doing that. So, I mean, everyone is trying to do as much as possible. And I think people just, again, need to find out what they might be eligible for. I think the main problem is what they're going to do in the short term, because a lot of this money is not going to be given out until June, particularly for the self-employed. So it's kind of having that stop back at the moment. But they might be eligible for universal credit. They've increased the amounts that they're giving out on, yeah. on universal credit as well and working tax credit so you know there is there is a lot of stuff out there um and the longest term we don't know but the signals we're getting from the government are they're not going to just kind of suddenly say right no one's having any more money they don't want the economy to you know completely fall apart and also they want to get re-elected you know they've 
this is their kind of moment, isn't it? So, yeah, time to shine. Welcome to One Size Does Not Fit All with Well Life Tribe. We're sponsored by Renourish. Renourish are delicious grab-and-go fresh soups in a pioneering, heatable, fully recyclable bottle. Renourish soups are plant-based, gluten-free, dairy-free and packed with vitamins. Find them in all Waitrose stores. Do you feel like we will be heading towards a recession once this is over? Probably. (laughs) And I mean, I don't, it, I don't really see how not, to be honest. Yeah. I, I mean, the whole world. But I guess it depends how long it takes to get out of it. If people are using this then, which they should, as, as a good time to assess their, well, their bank accounts. I mean, I looked in my bank account the other day and realised I had a standing order there for the Dogs Trust, which was like a birthday present of mine when I was 18. And I've been with the same bank since I was 18. And much as I love the Dogs Trust, I've sort of taken out other, done other charitable donations and stuff. And I actually thought, oh my God, I didn't even realise I was still doing this. A bit like you said earlier. Um, yeah. And I'd taken on a Battersea one fairly recently. And I thought, wow, I'm 44 now. So that's quite a lot of money I've paid <laughs> since 18. You've um, it. Yeah, the dog that I sponsored died 25 years ago. Oh, um, if if um, people, he was called Mickey Beans, he was an Alsatian. Oh, rest in peace, Mickey. If I was using this as a time to now review everything, let's say none of this had happened and, and I was just looking at my own personal finances, what are the main and most common pitfalls, do you think, that people just sort of walk themselves into, which they should stop doing or start looking out for? I think we, like we mentioned before, I think the automatic renewals is, is something that people do. You know, they, you, you get, you know, a notification that your car insurance is, oh, don't, you don't need to do anything. You know, it'll just automatically renew, renew and you don't, you don't notice that it's like gone up by 200 quid or whatever. So I think that's people just not keeping on top of it. Like you say, maybe being a bit scared, too scared to look and not noticing those kind of renewals and prices going up and not and not switching them or feeling they don't have the time or it's too much hassle to change i think that's that's something and also like we've mentioned there is this kind of culture of spending even when you can't afford it and i think yeah. even you know even though we had previous recession and and that was because everyone had so much you know, was using credit to buy everything. I don't know that many lessons have been learned from that. Um, I don't think so, actually. Um, I was going to say, I do this, my first home series for The Sun online as well. And what I noticed about that is a lot of people, like first-time buyers, are buying what I would consider your end game house. They're not starting with the kind of two up, two down, or the one-bedroom flat. Um, for your forever home four bedrooms brand new house and then you know they're getting these 35 year mortgages why would you want a mortgage for 35 years and that sort of thing so I think my point is if you can't afford it don't buy it Um, don't get a car on finance you know that's going to be with you for such a long time it's such a bad 
you know, investment. Um, you're better off getting an old banger as your first car. Yeah, it's yeah, about and people trying to keep up with the Joneses a lot of the time, though, isn't it? Yeah. I think if people are being honest with themselves, it's like, just do what you can. No, who's going to judge yeah. you? Nobody, really. And look, no where we're all see on you anyway. No one's going to see you for the next few months. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sat here in my pants every day because nobody's going to see me. <laughs> you don't need to buy anything. Now is the perfect time to be, to be saving money, really. Um, but yeah, it's. I think automatic renewals and, you know, the latest stuff, those kind of things. On credit cards, you know, people, you know, they, they turn to credit cards. If they haven't got cash, they turn to credit cards. And sometimes a loan can be a much better op option, particularly for larger amounts of money, because interest rates are so low at the moment. Um, you know, you may be better off get, getting a loan rather than a credit card. When you say better uh, off getting a loan, do you mean going into the bank and talking to them? And Yeah, or even just having a look, you know, online, um, you know, at, at what offerings, you know, there are. It's just, I think people think credit, credit cards is kind of the easy, quick way to get money. But it, it's such an expensive way to get money and you know if you really are really stuck and you really do need you know money and there will be a lot of people in that situation at the moment just think about well what is the interest and what are the terms that I'm signing up to and would it be better to go for something that is a lower interest rate and I'll end up paying less overall than something that's going to suddenly be costing me a lot of money and I won't, I won't be able to afford um, so it's just looking at options really rather than kind of going for the first thing that you know you, you come across doing your research it's putting time you know putting time into it as well I think when people are rushed they they don't make the best decisions you need to kind of take your time and and make informed choices yeah I think now more than ever if you've had you know like like I said in my 20s I used to have quite a sort of a fear about money and I actually think I got that from home um, my mum god bless her she wasn't that fantastic with money um, so we all just used to you know and then I married my husband he was very like spreadsheety <laughs> like everything I know everything that comes in out, out of the house and actually to be fair that spreadsheet takes a lot of my fear away um, like you were saying, just see everything that you've got written down because actually, and face, you know, even if it is, you're just like, oh shit, that's not good. But like, actually what you can start to do with that is you can start to take some of it away and by facing it, you, you're going to make yourself less stressed, aren't you? Yeah. 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 You've got to, rather than kind of burying your head in the sand and, and hoping it will go away, it's about taking kind of positive action and coming up with solutions by by understanding you know what your cash flow situation is really mm. and never and never assume that you're not entitled to anything you know particularly at the moment you know there is there is so many kind of different pots of money out there that it is you know even if you think oh I'm not entitled it's it's worth looking into yeah one of the things I really liked about you and one of the ways I was thinking about you earlier on was thinking that you're sort of motivated by helping people who are being, should we say, conned? <laughs> not necessarily conned, but not being wise to the fact that 
they could get better, they could do better, or that somebody actually owes them something which they're not going to be able to get their hands on by themselves. Um, so I, I sort of, you're a bit of a financial Erin Brockovich in that way. You're probably too young to even remember that film. No, no, um, no, no, I do, but, I do remember. <laughs> I just like that that was that was part of your motivation and um that was where your drive came from because you've done so many different things and but that's what got you to where you are now and it's really uh, nice to think that there are people like you who I mean it's a scary thing it's like Kat said people don't like to talk about money but also people don't want to look stupid so they don't want to you know there's the pride and there's the confidence and you just sort of think I really don't know what I'm doing here and have I you know can I afford that? I don't know. I, am I scared to look? It's great to think that there are people out there like you. And like the lady we did, a, we did a podcast with a divorce strategist last week who was doing the same kind of thing where she was smoothing over the legality of stuff. You know, don't be afraid to do this. Don't be afraid to do that. I think your angle is really positive. And um, the fact yeah. that... Yeah, I mean, I think that's it. It's about people sticking up for themselves and kind of not being downtrodden by you know all these particularly these big corporations that are sort of trying to yeah just make money out of us really um and half the time just take us for idiots that that are not going to challenge them so yeah i do want to empower people to kind of take control of their finances but also take control of their consumer rights and, and what they're owed and you know, not to give up. I think the thing is a lot of these organisations make things so complicated or long-winded that people give up. Um, I I had a nightmare with trying to get a flight compensation, which has taken me 18 months to get, and I've had to keep on and on and on and on and on to get it. Um, and I've written about it just, you know, so people know about the process and, and how, if you kind of stick with it, you can get what what you're owed but yeah it's just not it's just not kind of taking any crap from anyone I suppose and I guess that comes from you know that comes from my parents and my mum I suppose in particular who's always been very sort of strong and doesn't suffer fools um and uh yeah that I think we're all like that in my family we're all very we're all very argumentative that's for sure <laughs> um yeah kind of fight our corner and I guess so that it, that comes more naturally to me than it would to other people do you think that's the strategy then with these kinds of things when you're trying to go after something that you know you're owed that's when these kinds of companies will drag the process out just oh, yeah. hoping that you'll give up and, and, yeah, and stop yeah definitely and you know there's loads of evidence of that you know just finding their contact details where you complain to is difficult you know they want you to do it on twitter rather than you know phoning them up well actually yeah. i don't want to complain via twitter i just want to send you an email but it's often very difficult to send an email because they know that's the easiest way for people to actually do it to send a letter to via you can't send a letter via twitter um and most people aren't on twitter you know yeah um so yeah, they make it difficult they to find their contact details. They make it difficult by having kind of endless forms that you have to fill in that don't make any sense. Um, a lot of it's automated, um, so you don't really know where you are in the process. And they take a very long time in the hope that you'll kind of give up and go away. I heard a programme about this the other day, actually, 
um, send the same thing, you know, that companies do, just on the whole make it difficult for you to complain so that they don't they don't have to deal with it. So yeah, it's it's kind of fighting back really and being persistent. I just um, wanted to ask actually, because something that came up in our last podcast on the divorce thing was that, um, and it's particularly about women, and I don't know if it's like, I'm just talking from the conversation that we had the other day, but they were saying in like partnerships, marriages or whatever, women are the ones who seemingly never really know what finance is going in and out the house more so than men. Um, so, and actually, I think that's kind of scary. Um, and she mentioned it in the divorce podcast because mm-hmm. when it, what she does is that that's the bit where she, rather than lawyer help them, she helps them understand that bit. But I just want to sort of, if anybody's listening to this now and then they're like, well, do you know, I don't even know what bills we pay or anything. I mean, what would you advise that person? I know we're going to say, just don't be afraid to look at them, but I'm not in that sort of uh, relationship. I I look at things, um, you know, I'm a bit more lax than my husband say, but I do want to know what's going on. Um, I, I don't think, you know, turning a blind eye and letting somebody else do it, you should, you should, shouldn't you know what's going on? Yeah. And it goes both ways. I mean, our house is the complete opposite. So my husband hasn't got a clue about any of the household finances. <laughs> like literally hasn't got a clue. He's got a business. You and your seven year old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Me and Byron. Um, and yeah, I know I wrote, I wrote an article about this, about if I drop dead, he's screwed because he is, a lot of it's in my name. Um, he won't know the passwords to things. He won't even know what company, you know, he won't know, he doesn't know what our energy company is. Um, and he won't be able to get into my email to find out. So I think it goes, you know, it does go both ways. And I think it's important that if you are living with someone that you both know what is going on and even if one person kind of takes ownership of that I think it's important to have those conversations so that the other person is informed and to have like a list of like this is our energy supply this is how you contact them or you know this is what we're paying so that if anything happens to either of you then the other person is able to kind of to pick that up but and also so there's that transparency and you can say you know I'm thinking of switching company you know what do you think it's going to save us this amount of money it's about being transparent and yeah I'm guilty of this I just I you know I just do it all so but I'm trying in most houses though but I do think um we're all especially with what's coming soon um, if there, if we are to be in another recession soon after this, because this is an unexpected thing, what we're in now, then it is the time while you're at home, you're probably with the person that you live with. These are the questions you should probably just start talking about, you know, ask a few of them. Yeah, definitely. You know, sharing that information and kind of knowing. Yeah. And, you know, the other person will have a different perspective that you haven't thought of. And you know, they may know, may know ways that you can save money that you haven't thought of or may know about deals that you didn't know about. Don't kind of assume that you know everything or that they know everything. You know, if there are two of you, you can probably problem solve better together and, and you know, bounce ideas of each other or spread the load. You know, that's it at the moment. If you, you know, if you've got kids and you're having to, 
to share, you know, a lot more of the homeschooling and the household stuff, and you, maybe you're both <laughs> trying to work at home. I mean, there's like this endless list of stuff now. Yes, um, did you share the homeschooling? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> but I think finance is another thing, isn't it? It's just yeah. sharing the load. I mean, they talk, you know, talk about the mental load a lot um, and how women on the whole tend to have the bulk of the mental load so they have to remember like which bags the kids need to take to school and what items need to be washed when and when all the lessons and activities are as well as what's going on sort of in the house and I think having financial things to consider as well I think with all these things it's like sharing isn't it sharing the mental load sharing the responsibility for the children sharing the finances um particularly at the moment i think yeah it's a good time to kind of get that in hand really yeah no it's all been really um good advice and i think you know in terms of like even for us and we're a small business at the moment um you know we, you're dealing with stuff at home at home you're dealing with business at home everything's at home at the moment isn't it so i think it's really important to try and keep your eye on everything at the moment and it is it feels quite stressful but as we're at home you know i think we've got a bit more time so would you advise like we all just sort of get it all out onto paper so we could just see what we're doing with everything yeah i think so i think well whatever works for you really on paper or a spreadsheet or whatever it might be just sit down, you know, don't watch telly one night and just sit down and kind of go through it all. I mean, it might take more than, you know, one evening, depends what it is, but, you know, go through the bill, the household bills, um, go through income, savings, um, and just see where you're at. I mean, I know we were currently, I say we, again, it was me, I was looking at um, where we were going to put savings for the kids because we've got them in a really rubbish ISA at the moment, just cash ISA, which is like making no interest. And I was looking into a, a junior ISA. Um, and we had a conversation about that. We did, I did actually have, the, I kind of said, this is what we need to do. What do you think? I've worked it all out. Um, so <laughs> I, I guess it, it was getting the, it was getting, yeah kind of consent I suppose that that was that was a good thing to do but now I've gone oh actually if we put this money in there it's stuck in there we can't touch it they can only touch it when they're 18 that money might actually come in handy at the moment so it's kind of thinking about those things as well like okay you might have been making longer term plans for savings but can you release some of that money and not fix it in and just being a bit kind of more cautious about anything that's going to lock money away that because you just don't know we don't know what's going to happen over the next year no we so, don't we've seen some really scary stuff in the news as well i mean some of the stuff is coming from italy where it's been going on for a lot longer and there is a lot more poverty in the south and people are desperate for food and it just when when it first started over here with all the panic buying and stuff i just thought some people can't afford to put food on the table tonight. How are they going to fill their cupboards with food 
for the next few weeks it just kids living in poverty and you know in this country and it's just heartbreaking and how long is it going to go on we just don't know and that is so scary I think Kat was saying earlier about the privilege of being at home and knowing that for today you know we can all eat and we have a roof over our heads and um, I think you're definitely this is the time to not take that for granted and take steps to 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 really budget for who knows how long that's that's the scary thing isn't it and I think also like you say it's also remembering kind of putting it into perspective and remembering that there are people that are worse off and can you you know can you still afford you know to support them in some way I I noticed the other day I was at when I was at the local shop they have a basket that's like for food bank donations yeah it was completely empty no one was putting anything in and I think I think we just need to remember that we have got plenty of you know food we don't need to buy more than we need and there are people out there that need it and we you know I think most of us are in a position where we can still help to support those sort of and actually that, I, I started off a monthly donation to my local food bank today because I actually spoke to the volunteers yesterday about how desperate they are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they can't take any fresh food, they can take tin food. But actually, with a lot of us being told not to go out and, you know, mix with people, I spoke to her and I said, well, what is the best thing to do? And she just said, if you can donate, then we can go out and get it at least. So, you know, I set up today, um, you know, just giving them something monthly, which I'm not going to ever stop, actually, because seeing the call outs and watching all these volunteers who I actually know because they're in my little town, you know, um, I think sometimes, you know, we're all trying to help the NHS as well. But but I think these local food banks are really suffering because of all this panic buying. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And a lot of them not being able to, like, how do they actually feed people? Because, you know, they used to come into things like village halls and things, and they can't do that now. Um, I saw one the other day that was serving people out in a car park, but I'm not even sure that they're, they're allowed to do that now. So, um, yeah, that's a really good idea is actually contacting them and saying, how can I help? Yeah, because um, they're only actually asking, you know, £15 a month or a £15 one-off. You know, it's up to you how much you give, but you know, we've got to help our community. You know, like so, we we can become slightly engrossed in ourselves, but you know, yeah. if we've got a ten or fifteen pounds spare, that can actually feed feed a family for tonight. Yeah, mm. you know. And what, one thing I haven't mentioned actually is we've sort of been talking about saving money and, and looking at what money you've got, um, but also there are there are still lots of ways of making a bit of extra cash on the side. Um, there are still, you know, still operating a lot of um, online websites and apps that do sort of market research, um, surveys, um, you know, some of that stuff obviously you can't do, things like mystery shopping, um, but there are still ones which have got academic um, research that you go on and you you do like a questionnaire or a test and you get paid for it um there's other ones where you can um you photograph uh, take a photo of your receipt and you can earn vouchers doing that so i i do quite a few of those there's 
TV ones as well. I mean, everyone's watching more TV now. Um, so, you know, these TV companies want to know what people are watching and what they like, and they'll pay you to give feedback. So there's the viewers is a good one for TV. Uh, viewers.com or something, or what's that called? I don't know. If you Google the viewers, it comes up. Um, you know, I did a little survey for them the other day and it took me about a minute and I got five pounds. Yeah, it was literally about five questions. I mean, sometimes they're longer, but this one was a really quick one. Um, yeah, Snap My Eats um, is a good app. You take photos of your receipts and then you do 15 receipts a month. You get five pound voucher. It's not a lot of money, but it's kind of free money because you're going to oh, have yeah. receipts, so you might as well. Uh, Prolific is a good survey for, you know, academic studies. They can pay quite well. A survey, could you could get two or three pounds doing a survey that takes 20, 30 minutes. But if you're just sat there, you know, watching telly or doing something else, you can start to kind of, you know, a good bit of money if you're doing lots of these different things i reckon you could quite easily make an extra 50 quid a month which yeah. you know for some people is is gonna be really welcome yeah definitely yeah, mm. it's worth yeah worth getting online and seeing you know what what's out there and what's still what's still operating yeah, yeah a side mm -hmm. hustle yeah mm. definitely um, thank you so much for everything today because I think I've learned quite a lot of you actually and I think also I think it's really important about people not having a fear of doing this and I know it's in these really hard times but I think that if we can try and you know get a bit of a handle on it at this point then you know that's that's today that that's a good day today isn't it you know and also Oh, the other thing I was going to ask you is just like, you know, like if you've got bills coming in that, you know, you think that you can negotiate on, you should try and have a go, shouldn't you? You know, like if people are paying certain fees here and there, they should try and ask these questions. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think there's a difference, I suppose, between bills that you perhaps can't afford to pay and you want to have a break. So like energy companies, some of them are offering... Um, I think breaks or different ways of paying so there's kind of negotiating that if you've got a cash flow problem but I guess it's also yeah getting a better deal when your phone subscription is comes to an end or your tv if you've got a sky package like you say sky notorious for if you threaten to leave they suddenly slash the price I mean nobody wants yeah, to leave at the moment <laughs> no exactly so yeah, it's always worth just ringing them up and having a chat. And like I say, now companies are being very, very receptive because they're basically being told they have to. Um, mm. And I think the thing is, because people are going to have to think about their finances a lot more and negotiate more and kind of push back a bit more. Hopefully, when we do come out the other side of this, they'll have those good habits going forward. Absolutely. Um, yeah, some good will come out of yeah. it. Yeah. yeah hopefully all you know we've we sort of been robotically shopping a lot because of our phones and stuff as well though you know this like i often think of like you know the amazon swipe to buy button mm. is really dangerous you know like please get rid of that app because 
that also you don't realize that the few pounds here and there they add up so quickly so if you are worried about finance and stuff i think those are the sort of things that you should probably get rid of as well yeah, yeah. it's it's been disciplined i suppose because i recently got an amazon credit card just to get the 20 pound amazon voucher i have no intention of using that credit card but i've spent spent the 20 quid voucher already <laughs> but yeah I mean if you if you can be disciplined then there are offers like that you know looking out for good offers and taking them up but then you know just cut the credit card up yeah um, and then can't put a note in your diary to cancel it at later date I mean that's another thing to being organized really so I write a lot of things I'm old-fashioned I've got an actual physical diary um, and I write stuff in there like cancel subscription or phone phone company for a latest deal or whatever it might be just kind of being organized with it so you don't let things kind of roll on or if you do a free yeah. trial remembering to cancel it um yeah. just keeping keeping on top of it really i did the same thing i bought uh, I some leggings i'd wanted for ages and seeing as I, all i'm wearing is leggings now um it was two for 24 for four pounds but you had to sign up for this thing and they automatically take £50 a month off you every month, which they credit into your account. And then you have to um, spend it on their product. And I was like, so I bought the leggings for 24 quid. They're normally like 80 quid each. And then I rang up and I said, hi, I just wanted to cancel my membership. And it was this lady in the Philippines on a um, answer. She was lovely, really, really nice. But she was doing exactly what you said. Uh, she was like, um okay you'll still get your leggings Are you sure you want to leave and i was like oh yeah, yeah i i would never I, yeah, I don't want you to take the 50 pounds off me a month um she's like you can opt out of it if you remember to do it on the first of each month just click on the and i was like mm, that's obviously how they get you to forget you know you forget to do that they get to take the 50 pounds and she said what about if i give you another 20 percent discount on your leggings that we're going to send you and i was like no and she, she was begging me yeah to stay and i was just like listen there's for no other good reason than i can't trust myself i i don't mind if you don't even send me the leggings just please take me off the the system and she was like okay you'll still get your leggings have a really nice day and she was a really really nice girl but i was just like you can't you can't call me not today my husband will find out um, but it was one of those you know it was one of those things where you know a 17 year old could have signed up for that and thought oh cool two pairs of leggings 24 quid not seeing that that they're signing into something yeah, 50 yeah. quid comes out every month people who don't look at their bank accounts and all that kind of stuff but they yeah. you know if you if you were wise to it i can't wait for my leggings to arrive <laughs> 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 they'll probably be too tight and i can't get them on after all the stuff i've eaten but there you go Oh, well, thank you so much, Lily, uh, for coming on and talking to us. And no I think problem. Lily and I feel like we've got really good advice from this. Yeah, it's been um, great. Lily, if we want to find you or anyone wants to um, get more advice from you, whereabouts would we look? So I'm on Twitter, at Lily Cantor. It's L-I-L-Y-C-A-N-T-E-R. Or you can find me via my website which is lilycanter.co.uk and my sort of contact details are on there as well various different ways you can get in contact with me so the website's probably the best starting point brilliant thank you and um did we hear you say your son's called byron yeah my eldest is called byron yeah 
Byron Cantor is such a great name. Uh, well, it's, it's actually Byron Cantor Damon because I didn't take my husband's name. So. Oh, gorgeous. <laughs> You're awkward, but you know what you're doing. You know what yeah. you want. You know how much money you've got, and you're in control. And we like that. Yeah, yeah, I'm control free. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you again. It's been really lovely to talk to you. No problem. Thanks, for Thanks, inviting Lily. Me. Take yeah. care. Bye. 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 Bye.